And I just thank you for this word, Father. I thank you that you speak to all of us here today. We come to hear from you because everybody in this room is at different places and different walks. And I pray, Father God, that the words, the examples, the illustrations, everything we use today is going to empower us to see you in everything we do, Father God. Because this is not about a church. It's not about a man or a woman. Father, this is about you, and I want them to see you in everything I say. I pray that I say it with the love of God, that I don't say it, you know, harsh or mean, but I say it, I say it with love, Father. And I just pray, Father God, that we have ears to hear and hearts that are wide open to receive the word of God today. And with that, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you would, turn to Genesis 4. We're going to start in the book of Beginnings. And today I want to talk to you guys uh, about a subject that uh, a lot of people, you know, may have heard negative things about. And again, you know, I don't usually talk about this all the time, but this is a, it's a huge area in our lives, okay? And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's money, M-O-N-E-Y. How many of you guys have ever struggled financially? Yeah. I mean, we all have. I mean, how many of you have, at the end of the week, didn't have enough? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, know, you look at your check and go, Wow. Man, can I get a little bit here? You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've all been there, okay? Well, the good thing about God is He didn't just send His Son to die for us to save us spiritually. He wants to help us in every area of our life. Amen? And with God, He all the time just asks us to do a little bit. And He does a lot. But we struggle sometimes with a little bit. So today, I, I want to talk to you, uh, and it's basically a question, does what we give the Lord matter? Does what we give the Lord matter? You know, because that's a question we all need to ask. And, and to be honest with you, if we're all honest, we should be asking questions through life anyway. Should I go there? Should I do this? Should I hang out with them? Should I go ahead and get that loan? Should I not get that loan? Questions help you identify what you should and shouldn't do, right? So we're going to ask the question, and I want you guys to be honest and to know that I am going to talk about M-O-N-E-Y today, Okay. But I'm not talking about it from a place that I want what you got. Okay? I don't want what you got. Don't get, I mean, if this is your first time here, if this is your second time here, man, we're not, this is a gift from us to you guys. We're so glad you're here. We really are, okay? We're not trying to get nothing from you. But I am trying to teach you something that has made all the difference in my life, and it's changed my life. See, if I was going to teach you something that I hadn't experienced, then fooey on me, Okay? I've experienced this. I've been faithful when I had abundance, and I've been faithful when I didn't have an abundance. And some of you young people, some of you older people, y'all need to grab a hold of this if you want to experience something different. So in Genesis 4, verse 1, it says, Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife. Everybody say amen. 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 Eve and she... <laughs> And she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. For those that are pregnant in the house, you notice what Eve said. With the Lord's what? Help. Help. Okay? Not with my husband's help. Now, the husband, you need to be supporting. But the Lord is what's going to help you get through that pregnancy. Hallelujah. So you need to look to him. He said, when they grew up, well, then later she gave birth to a, a, a brother and named him Abel. So she has two kids. She has Cain and Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest or payday, okay, 
Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the what? Best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain what? Oh, he was mad. He was upset. How dare him? I'm coming up here and I'm bringing my stuff and he don't, he don't even like it. He, don't, he ain't happy with it. And here my brother is. Y'all know. If you've got a brother or sister, you know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Y'all have had these little battles. You know? I mean, come on. It's real. You know? He's upset. The Lord Almighty rejected his but accepted his brothers. And may I add his little brother at that. Oh, my gosh. Just to put a little icing on the cake. Hallelujah. So the Lord said, why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? You know, God asks us questions sometimes. He, everybody in this room, y'all, he's asked y'all a question. Now, I ain't talking about a physical, you know, you heard a loud voice, but maybe a question, should you do this? Should you really buy that? Do you really need that? Oh, yeah, I need it, man, that new phone, I got to have it, man. That, I mean, my refrigerator is, you know, six months old, I want a new one. I mean, they got a good deal, you know, paid down and you know, paid off in 20 years, you know. I mean, so, so sometimes we, we, we have questions that the Lord will be asking us. And he said, you will be accepted if you do what is what? You got to do what's right, man. You got to do what's right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. What's happening now? Sin... Or the devil, either one, because they both represent, I mean, you know, sin wouldn't be here without the devil, is crouching at the door eager to control you. But you must do what? Subdue it and be its master. See, you can be a ruler over sin. Sin don't have to rule over you. That's why you'll never hear me say the phrase that I am, uh, I, I am a, uh, what, what do they usually say? I don't even say it enough, so I don't even know how to say it. Uh, we're all sinners saved by grace. No, my friend, <laughs> let me tell you something. I was a sinner, and I got saved by grace. I am a child of the Most High God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm no longer a sinner because a sinner is one who practices sin. I may mess up. Oh, I may mess up. I will mess up. I have messed up a lot, okay? But that don't mean I'm a sinner, okay? I was a sinner, but now I have been saved by grace. I am a follower of Christ. Sin's no longer my master. I am the master over sin. And that's what God is saying right here. He's telling him, he's saying, hey, look, man, you need to master it. But guess what? Cain didn't take God's advice. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Why did he kill Abel? He was upset. And what was it over? An offering. An offering. Does what we or you and I give to the Lord matter? Now we read this right here and we go, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty bold. The first murder was over an offering, okay, that was not accepted by the Lord. Now, in this particular passage, it does not tell us how they knew to bring an offering. But you parents know this just by raising kids. That your kids wouldn't know how to tie their shoe, brush their teeth. They wouldn't know how to get dressed. They wouldn't know how to do a lot unless we taught them, right? So we could assume, all right, for the sake of, you know, the, the lesson today, that Adam and Eve taught their boys that this is what you do. You give back to God. And when these two came of age to walk into their careers, 
Now when harvest came or when paycheck came, it was time for them to do what mom and daddy had done. The problem is, and we see this in bold letters in here, that Cain just brought something, but it, was, it said that Abel brought his best. His best. So with that being said, does what you give the Lord matter? It does. It really, really does. And I want that to be something that you ask yourself today over and over again because I believe there's an answer in it and I hope I give it to you. We see here that there was a time to bring an offering to the Lord. The offering was to be acceptable to the Lord. That would imply that Adam and Eve, like I said, had instructed them. They would have instructed their boys on what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. So as they got older and then were given a job to do, they would be given a chance to do what they had been taught to do. So when payday came, they got their offering together to bring to the Lord. One was accepted and the other was rejected. Why? Because there is God's way of giving and then there's man's way of giving. There's God's way, which is right, and man's way, which is wrong. When you give God's way, you will be blessed. When you give your way, you will not be blessed. See, this is what I had to learn a long time ago because I was raised in a very hellacious environment. Drugs, alcohol, separation, divorce. I mean, just all the, the things that, you know, a lot of kids are experiencing. So I didn't experience the Lord until I was about 21, all right? But when I started learning of God, I had to start changing some of my thinking because what you do in the kingdom of God and what you do in the world are a little different. They're a lot different, okay? But as I began to walk with the Lord and I began to get close to Him, I started seeing that He was trying to get me on the pathway of blessing. He was trying to get me on a pathway that later on in life, I would reap some benefits. Again, God's not looking to get something from you. He's looking to get something to you. Let's just take Jesus, for example. Okay? He sent his son. Hopefully, that you would receive his son. He sent something, hoping that you would buy into it, and you would get eternal life. Amen? He wasn't trying to get something from you when he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus hoping you would say yes to him and that you would get eternal life. But is that where it stops? No. That is the door that opens for you to walk into a kingdom of life to where God can now instruct you how to be blessed on this planet. His way, not the world's way. Because the world will tell you to get a 401k, to get an IRA, a Roth IRA, and all those things are fine. But do you know if you put your trust in that, it can all be gone in a minute of a time. Okay? Just ask people that's lived long enough. They've seen that. Okay? I'm not saying don't do that, but the Bible says lay up for yourself treasures where moth and ru uh, rust don't corrupt. Amen? Lay up for yourself treasures. When you give to God, you are giving to somebody that in turn will give you way more than you gave him. And I want to show you that today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. First John 3 says this. Verse 9, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sin sinning because they have been born of God. What is God saying here? Through John, he's saying that when you're born again, you're not going to go on sinning like you used to. That means when you lied before you got saved, it didn't really make you feel that bad. But when you become a, a follower of Christ and you give him your life, when you, when you lie, it, mm. when you talk bad about something, mm. When you say something that ain't right, you begin to get a check, and you feel like, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have done that. 
But before him, you really didn't mind. You might have thought it was wrong, but you didn't care. You know, it's eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. I'm going to get ahead in life. You know, if I got to step on you to get that promotion, well, good. You better off under my feet anyway. I want that pay, paycheck. I want to get that bonus. But when you get saved, a lot of that begins to start, you know, looking different. Things look different. We look at things different. So this is how, in verse uh, 10, this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. How many groups of people are there? According to God, there's two. Okay? It's real simple. You're either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. It's simple as that. Okay? I mean, it's not difficult. That's why I like reading the Bible and, and listening to God. When I listen to the world, there's 75,000 ways to, to go certain ways. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But with God, it's real simple. Either you are with him or you're not. Simple. He goes on to say this. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Verse 12. Do not be like who? Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. In the moment when, 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 when Cain disobeyed God, what did God do to Cain? Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, man. Sin's knocking at the door. The devil is knocking at the door. He's wanting to come in and destroy your life. Man, you, you can change this right now, Cain, and make it all right. That's a loving father. You see that. And that's what he does to each one of us. Just like you would do to your kids. If you see your kids going and getting ready to do something they shouldn't do, I mean, you go and tell them, look, you don't need to do this. It's going to hurt you. Well, God does the same thing. But Cain didn't listen. Like a lot of us don't listen. And we wonder why things don't go well in life. Friend, I don't know about you, but I want to be in a better place in 2020 than I am right now. And I know the only way I'm going to do that is if I walk with God and not walk with the world. The world is trying to take from me. The world is trying to get me in debt. The world is trying to get me more loans, get more stuff. Commercials are pushing us to get, get more things. It's always trying to get things from me. That's the world, okay? Because they say you do what? You deserve it. They use all the language to make us feel like, hey, we need this. This will be good. In all reality, it's just putting you deeper and deeper in the hole. But God is saying, hey, look, do it my way. And watch your 2020. Watch the rest of your 2019. I'm telling you, this will change your life. What was the actions of Cain and Abel? It was giving to the Lord. This is what this whole thing's about. Okay, there's no preacher telling them to do this. There's no preacher in the garden. There's Adam and Eve, and there's Cain and Abel, period. There's four people. That's it. So there's no preacher trying to preach to them to get money out of their pocket. It's God is setting up a system by which we all are going to be blessed by if we do it. I'm telling you guys, again, what I'm sharing with you will change your life if you will do it. I speak of experience. I'm in construction, like I said. 2008, if many of you guys know, I mean, the, it, it crashed. It was bad. I mean, 2008, construction just disappeared. A lot of things disappeared. 401Ks were empty. I mean, people lost thousands of dollars. And I mean, I'm sitting here going, wow. <laughs> I mean, I got a family. I mean, at that time we had kids at the house. Things was going on. But because I continued to put God first in my life, 
Did you know I didn't, I didn't lose no wages? I didn't get a cut in pay. I didn't get nothing. I kept sailing right on through. By the grace of God. Not by me, but the grace of God. And that's what I want from you guys. Sometimes we look at a temporary thing and say, well, we're doing okay. We're all right right now. It's okay. No, no. God's looking down the road. And he's looking down the road for all of us in this room. So does what we give the Lord matter? Yes, it does. Today I would like to look at our giving to the Lord from our jobs that we have on this earth. We, have all, we, ha we all have things that we do here on earth. It may not be a farmer or a person who looks after sheep. Back in their day, that was their, their trades, guys. That's what they did, okay? They didn't have, you know, a, a business to go to. They, they actually raised their own cattle. They raised their own produce. And that was what they brought to the Lord out of that right there. Amen? Aren't you glad you ain't got to raise all your own stuff anymore? Which I don't know. I think it's pretty, be pretty cool. <laughs> but we all have income coming in our house from somewhere. We are to bring something to God as an offering, just like Cain and Abel did. Today we are giving money as an exchange for work we do for a company or someone individual. That means if you work for somebody, you get what? You get a paycheck, okay? If you don't get a paycheck, what are you doing? You ain't working. Are you, you, you going to be doing something, getting a lawyer or something? <laughs> I mean, I've been working for you. You know what I'm saying? You're going to pay me my money, amen? So you, you get paid. So what should we bring to God? As a Christian, again, if you're not a follower of Christ, you're sitting in on a family meeting. And I want this family meeting to be very enticing to you because I was on that side before. I was on the side of going, what is tithing? What is giving? What is that? I was, it was foreign to me. But, man, when I started hearing all the benefits, sign me up, baby, because I wasn't full of religion. I was full of the devil. <laughs> I mean, I came, out of, I came out of hell. I didn't come out of the Baptist church or the Presbyterian religion or the Pentecostal or the holiness. I didn't have all that. I had sin, party, crazy life, church, tithe, give, serve, love. Wow, I like that better. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah we like that way better, man, than what I came out of. It was attractive. So I bought in at a young, I mean, I'm, I, ain't, I ain't 21 yet. I ain't making that much money. I'm, I'm saying, hey, look, God going to do this and this? I'm good, I'm good, I'll go with that. Hallelujah. So Genesis 4.18 tells us, what we should bring to God. 14.18, it said, Melchizedek, king of Salem, ancient Jerusalem, brought out bread and wine for them. He was the priest of God Most High, and Melchizedek blessed Abram and said, Blessed, joyful, favored by Abram, by God Most High, creator and possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed, praised, and glorified be God Most High, who has given your enemies into your hand, and Abram gave him a tenth of all the treasure he had taken in battle. See, Abram had faced a battle against another country, and he overtook them. He ran them off. So all the gold, everything that was there was now belonging to him and, and, and his people. So what he did is he took a tenth of that, and he just presented it back to God. He just gave it back to God. Why? Because God did something for him. Again, do we give to God because he's sitting up there going, man, i got to pay the note on this, uh, you know, this, this heavenly gate here. Is God wanting your money because he's in lack of anything? No, no. Again, he's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. Abraham gave 10% of what he had got to the Lord. So what is tithe? It's a tenth or it's 10% of your increase. To me, tithing is the entry door to becoming a generous person. Last week, we talked about being a thankful person. How many of y'all know that thankful people are attractive? 
When you see somebody just always, thank you, man, I appreciate it. Thank you, brother, thank you. I, I really appreciate you doing that for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for sitting on the front row. Hallelujah, I'm so glad. Hallelujah. But thank you, thank you. When you hear people that are so thankful, it's attractive. How many of you know that generous people are attractive? People that give, people that help. Have you ever helped somebody? Have you ever maybe paid a bill for somebody? Have you ever paid for groceries for somebody? You know, it was kind of funny. You know, Belinda's birthday was uh, this past Thursday. So we was, uh, I said, well, look, she had to go to the doctor. So I said, hey, look, why don't you follow me and I'll buy you breakfast, okay, through the drive-thru. So we go through a Dunkin' Donut drive-thru and, and I order mine and, and, then, and then she orders hers. So I pull around and, and I said, hey, look, man, I'm, I'm going to pay for that car behind me. He ain't got no clue. You know what I'm saying? He, he don't know that's my wife. So um, anyway, I went ahead and paid for both of them and I drove off. Well, of course, I've got her on phone. And I'm, so I'm hearing the whole conversation. So the guy said, hey, look, uh, you know, he, what did he, he rung you up a little? Or he was just kind of getting ready to give it to me. He said, hey, that guy just paid for your meal. But he was real excited. And I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> you know, I mean, but it made me feel really good, even though it was for my wife. It's something about being generous. There's something about you not putting all your faith and trust in things, but being able to let them go Amen. and help somebody else. There's something about that. And that's what God's trying to get us to buy into. He wants us not to be attached with things because he wants to bless us. So he's asking us to take a step of faith and begin to do something that the world tells us not to do. Okay? Why are you giving that church? You give that church, they're going to waste your money. Preacher's going to go buy something, live big, do all that. Look, I work just like you do, okay? <laughs> okay? I work just like you do, all right? You know, I, the church has gotten healthy enough to where it is able to, to pay me a little bit of money. But when I say a little bit, let me just tell you, I couldn't, I can't quit my daytime job, let's put it that way, not even close, okay, but I'm not doing it for money, amen, I'm not doing it for money, okay, and I don't give to get from God, I give because I'm thankful, because I realize that my next breath is coming from Him, amen. that if He was to grab all the oxygen off the, the earth today, I would quit breathing, you would quit breathing, so if there's any other thing other than thank you that I'm breathing, I'm giving back to you. But when I give back to God each week when I get my check, what am I saying? Thank you for this job. Thank you for this. It's just a thank you. It's just being, you know, thankful for what God's doing. Amen? But we're going to see what God does. And this is why I bought in right here. I'm going to tell you something. This is why I said yes to tithing and giving is in Malachi 3. Okay? And the plane is cruising at about a 25,000, you know, height altitude right now. We're about to kind of come on into my, my example here. I'm excited about my example. Mm, hallelujah. <laughs> Malachi 3, 6 says this, For I am the Lord, and I what? So how many times does he change? Everywhere. Yeah. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Verse 7, Yet from the days of your fathers... You have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Now, if you read Malachi 1 and 2, the whole idea of him saying this by the Spirit of the Lord is the people of God had strayed away. They were actually coming to church saying, hey, bro, <laughs> yeah, man, don't grab that good uh, lamb over there. That one over there ain't got but two legs. Yeah, get that thing out of there, bro. We're going to give that to God. And uh, yeah, that chicken that's got, uh, you know, one leg, yeah, get him. Uh, that cow, yeah, it's, it, it don't even move no more, so let's go ahead and get him, and let's bring this stuff to God, you know, because, you know, we just want to clean house. All from plate path. Oh, we're going to get, what, what, what I got here? Let me say, let me say here. I think I got about, I got about a dollar. 
Let me give it a dollar. Hey, everybody, come on. Hallelujah. Now, see, God is making a point here. And if you read the whole book of Malachi, you know what he said to him? He said, hey, I tell you what. You're bringing that to me. Why don't you bring that to your local officials? Why don't you take that to your governor and see how appreciative he is? You go dragging up some one-legged goat. Hey, man, I want to tell you thank you. <laughs> Come on, boy. You know? Or a sheep, man, that, you know, it got one eye missing and no ears. You know what I'm saying? Hey, come on up here. Hey, I just want to tell you, man, thank you. Here, 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 here thank you. I mean, this is God having a conversation with the children of Israel through the prophet Malachi. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we wouldn't do that to our wife. I wouldn't drag some old wore-out gift to her. Oh, baby, man, I love you. Glory to God. Man, I, just, I found this out in the road. Here you go. I just want to bless you. <laughs> what? I mean, really? I mean, come on. Do you get excited when somebody brings you used stuff? You know, we're done with this around the house. We don't really need it no more. I just want to bless you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm saying get out. <laughs> She's saying thank you. Thank you. Where's that trash can at? Hallelujah. But I, I'm just saying, man, come on, let, let's get a, a picture here, you know, of what that looks like. It, it don't look good, and that's what God was trying to paint to them. Man, your honoring is, is not even worth me even, you know, looking at y'all. It's just embarrassing that what y'all are doing. And these were the priests, okay? These were the ones that were supposed to be doing it right. And that's why he said, you've gone away from my ordinances, and you have not kept them. He said, return to me, and I'll do what? I'll return back to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Mm. I might get a drink on that. <laughs> drink on that. Mm. Hallelujah. Will a man rob God? Will a woman rob God? Will the teenager rob God? Will a man rob God? You know, when God asks a question, you all think about it. Just ponder it a little bit and then forget about it, I guess. But, you know, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you, Lord? In tithes and offerings. And then he goes on to say, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me. In some translations it says, test me, prove me. Now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not, what? Open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to contain it or to receive it. And then he says this. This is really what turned me on as a young Christian. Man, come on, man. Picture me 20 years old, man. I'm getting ready. To, I mean, before I get, I mean, here I am, May 15th, okay, 1988. I'm getting ready to be legally able to go to the bar. <laughs> 21, dog. I'm able to get the drink. I'm ready to sit at the bar, man. Be, you know, like stupid like everybody else, I guess. You know what I'm saying? But I get saved. And I hear this right here when he said this, whoever was preaching, he said, and I will rebuke the devourer or the devil for your sake. I said, what? <laughs> Game on, baby. That means all I got to give is 10% and we got God of the universe going to keep that rascal off of me. How many of y'all know the devil, he is persistent. He wants our world upside down and he wants to ruin our, our world. I said, man, I got to go for this. So that, reading on, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fall to bear fruit from, your, from you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You know, 
if you're here today and you're a follower of Christ, that means you've said yes to Jesus, and you're struggling financially, and your finances are not going the way you want them to go. And I may be talking to some, I may be talking to all. Wouldn't it be a good idea just to maybe ask some questions and examine yourself? And go, hmm, I'm not tithing, I'm not giving, and yet my finances are going like nowhere. I'm getting nowhere. I'm going backwards. Hmm. But if I tithe and give, the Lord says he's going to do this. But if I don't, this is going to happen. Hmm. I wonder if maybe there could be something I could do. You know, when you go to the doctor and you get a checkup, okay, and you get a physical checkup, they bring you back the report based on what they found out, right? That means they'll do a blood test, urine test, whatever, and they're going to test your body to see what's going on with your body. When they come back with the analysis, at that point, you need to start going, huh, what do I need to change? You know, my heart ain't really bumping, bumping along like it used to. Blood pressure's a little high. So do we need to go ahead and order another two dozen donuts? Just kind of, you know, I like them. That's just what I should do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, my pancreas is not really, you know, producing the insulin at the right time. So, you know, my sugar levels are getting low. They're getting high. They're kind of all over the place. Uh, you know, should you maybe kind of go, huh, maybe I ought not do this and this and this. You start, you know, you know what I'm saying? The doctor's report gets you to ask questions about your own personal life, and you start looking at where you're at, and then you say, I, do I need to make changes? Do I need to change this or this? Why? So I'll, could I live longer? But why is it we come to church sometimes and or we get on Facebook or whatever and, and, and we just kind of complain financially we're not doing good. Uh, things ain't going right in my life. But we never look in the mirror and maybe ask a question. Am I doing what God's told me to do? I mean, it's real simple. And as a pastor of a church, when I come in here on Sunday mornings, what I want to do is I want to throw the mirror up for y'all and me. And I want to say, hey, I'm wanting to give you a spiritual checkup from the neck up. How about that? Let's just look at where you're at. Let's ask the question. Your finances suck. Why do they? Is it because maybe you ain't doing something? That who said? That who said? Nathan, the preacher? Because, again, I, I'm fine, guys. I'm well off. I do well. I work hard just like you guys. The church is fine. I don't need money. Don't want anybody. I'm not trying to get your money. What I am trying to do as a pastor is I want to see you live an abundant life. Amen. And I want to see you live an abundant life from his perspective because you are his child. You're going to leave here in a few minutes. I'm not going to see you possibly for another six days. But I'm going to tell you something. God's with you seven days. And he wants to see you on top of the mountain and not in the valley. But we got to obey him. Obedience brings blessing. Disobedience does not. And let's just break it down home, folk, here, okay? You're a mama, you're a daddy. When your kid does something good, does that make you happy? How about when they do something bad and they disobey you? Oh, you know what? <laughs> you burnt down the neighbor's house. Good job. Let me give you a couple hundred thousand dollars. Thank you, son. You did a great job. No. I mean, guys, we want to look at this in the reality. God loves you guys. And he wants to see you overcome. 
And he's saying right here, guys, if we will do this, things will happen. So let me give y'all a picture of this. Y'all ready for my, come on, y'all just hang in there for a minute, okay? Do we need to have a bathroom break? <laughs> Maybe go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> Everybody get your stuff. Okay, here we go. Belinda, you want to come up here and help me? What do we need? Oh, yeah, here's you. Okay, this is, this is what it looks like when he talks about tithe and a tenth, okay? I'm just going to break it down for you. Hallelujah. So, we have ten pistachios. So, how many belong to the Lord? We're going to give the Lord one, okay? And then we get to keep nine. We'll put our nine right over here, okay? All right. We got grapes here. How many of y'all like grapes? Now, we got ten grapes. So, how many, how many grapes belong to the God? One grape. How about that? Let's give him one grape. God doing good, ain't he? And guess what? We get to keep nine. Wow. I like that. Okay. Look at here. All right. We got ten apples. Or nine apples. We're going to pretend there's ten. So how many belong to the Lord? One. So we're going to get one. Can you all see that back there? One apple. And then guess what? We get to, we get to keep that. All right. Look at here. Well, we, we really love God, so we'll give him the biggest one, okay? We got ten oranges. How many does he get? One orange. Okay, there we go. All right, this is where it's going to get really fun. We're about to get into your world a little bit better. Okay, I got 10 pennies here, 10 pennies. You know, most people, if you had 10 pennies, you wouldn't have a problem giving one to God, right? So we're going to give one to God. He gets one penny. We get to keep nine pennies. I mean, you're not going to do a lot with that, but hey, I'll get more, okay? Now we got 10 nickels. How many belong to God? One belongs to God. We're going to do right there. And we get to keep nine. And again, these are, these are small numbers, and some people don't sweat over a penny and a nickel. Okay? We, we tend to, we, we, can, we can pass that test. All right. But if we have ten dimes, you might start choking a little bit. So we're going to give one dime to the Lord, and then we're going to put nine there. Our side's looking pretty good, ain't it? Okay. Oh, we're going to bump it up to a quarter. Uh-oh, hallelujah. We're going to give one to the Lord, and we get to keep nine. Uh-oh, here comes the green stuff. All right, now we start thinking, we start sweating about this time, you know what I'm saying? We're like, whoa, that's green. That's big stuff. So we're going to give one to the Lord, and we get to keep nine. What's next? Oh, fives. Here we go. Fives. Okay, we're going to give one to the Lord, and we're going to get to keep nine. How far will we go? <laughs> you got a rich pastor, man, I'm telling you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm rich by faith. So here we go. We got ten twenties. We're going to put one twenty here, and we're going to put the rest nine there. So I give him twenty. I get to keep 180. Not bad. Wow. Now we're talking. Fifties. Look at that. Looks good, don't it? Christmas time, too, ain't it? <laughs> Look at them 50s right there. Well, see, I just got 10 50s. Somebody gave me 10 50s. How many belong to God? I give God one fifty, right there. And I get to keep nine. Hallelujah. Now. Wow. Now. Because, you know, you hear a lot of people say, well, you know, I'd give money if I had what you had. 
We've heard that. If I had as much money as you had, I'd give to the Lord. <laughs> Friend, let me tell you something. I didn't start out right here. Okay? But there is 10 $100 bills. And this is where the palms of our hand start getting soaking wet. <laughs> this is where we really begin to start saying, hmm, I wonder what they're going to do with that money. Nah, this is my money. I'm going to do what I want to. But I got 10 100s. How many go to God? One. So I want you all to look at this right here, guys. Look at this pile right here. Okay? Look at that. We're blessed. Wouldn't you say I'm blessed? Okay? I've got this. What we, what we have is we don't have a tithing problem. We have a management problem. We're having a hard time managing the 90% that God gives us. But see, God is so gracious that we give 10%, and then he's going to open a window right here over this, and he's going to bless this over and over again because he asked us to do a little, but yet he's going to do a lot. But see, if we don't ever do this, how can we expect this to change? Because if you don't watch it, what will happen is, is if we don't do this, then there's, there, there's leaks. There's broken stuff. So this money starts finding leaks, and it finds other ways to go because we've neglected to honor God right here. This is something that I bought into a long time ago, guys. Not because of a preacher. It's because I wanted to be in partnership with God. That meant more to me than me holding on to this. Because I can hold on to the 100% and it be cursed. Or I can let go of the 10% and the 90 be blessed. I would rather let go of the 10. But see, we have to be able to ask the hard questions. If something's going wrong in your life, does it ever occur to us that we could not be doing something right, but yet you're wanting God to bless your disobedience? That would be like you blessing your disobedient child. You ain't going to do it. When the child changes, the blessings flow. But if you want to continue to be rebellious and you want to continue to do it your way, friend, it's not going to go well. I'm telling you, this is a game changer when you get God involved. Just like receiving Jesus is a game changer. When you say yes to Jesus, would y'all not agree that that's a game changer? You've went from darkness to light. You've been given eternal life. But listen, it don't stop there. God is full of great benefits. Psalms 103 tells us that. Forget not the Lord and all his benefits. There's benefits from serving God. But if you're going to be the God of your life, guess what? You're only going to get what you can get. Can I just help you all out? I can't get a lot. <laughs> I've tried. I've worked hard. I've worked, you know, seven days a week, ten hours a day. I've busted it, man. I never get ahead. But what if I started cutting some things out of my life to where I could honor God and be thankful to God, okay? Because this is a God and you situation. Don't ever make it between you and the church. Don't ever give because somebody tells you to give. Oh, God, don't never do that. Never. Man, this is something that I want you guys to pray about, meditate about, think about it in the days ahead. Let it be between you and God. And when you make the decision, let it be there. But again, whether you have $20 or you have $2 million, it don't matter. If you don't learn to give on the, the $1, you're never going to give on the 100 because that starts looking too big for people. 
I'm telling you, I want to get to the place where I can give millions away. But as I do, what is God doing? He's got that window open over my life. And he's going to continue to give it to me. Not so I can hoard it up and buy Ferraris and Porsches and Lamborghinis. No, where I can continue to let it flow through me to help people. We, the church, are supposed to be God's conduit pipeline to where he can distribute his goods and funds to people. But if we don't do the basic necessities, we don't do the, the bare things like bring our tithes to God. Look at this, guys. I mean, we're giving God, what is it, 126, 176, and, and, and this. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, but yet I get to keep all this? Tithing is the starting point. When you start tithing and you start seeing God doing things for you, I double-dog dare some of y'all to just get radically crazy and say, you know what, I'm fed up. I'm going to start giving my 10%. I'm going to do it. I guarantee you, watch what happened. Now, I want you to journal it now. Journal it, okay? Go ahead and say, this is the day I started, whether it's 2020, whenever, you know, just journal it. And watch how things turn around in your life. Many of y'all have done that. Because I'm talking to three groups of people. I'm talking to some of y'all in here that you do pay tithe faithfully. I want to encourage you, keep doing it. There's some in here you pay your tithes like you pay your Georgia power bill. All right, man, we've got to pay our electric bill. we to pay God. Okay. No, you ain't paying God, okay? You're giving to God, all right? For me, I do it electronically. So I go on, on there and I say, okay, here's what we're going to do. I get my tithe out of my God account. See, he has his own account in my life. I just He has his own account. All right, I just dump into him. But as I'm doing it, I bring it to the Lord. I say, Lord, I just thank you that the window of heaven is open, that the devil is rebuked for my sake. And then I watch God do for me what I can't do for myself. But the question is, are you willing to trust God? Because, guys, I'll be honest with you. If I could really be honest with you, if I really knew what everybody gave and I could really <laughs> discern whether you're giving from a heart or you're just giving to give wrongly, I, I would want to give that back to you. But I'm not that good yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I want people to give with an attitude of gratitude. Give because you love God. Because that's the only way you're going to see the benefit. I mean, some of y'all are really struggling financially. Some of you are living paycheck to paycheck. And the only way out of it, guys, I'm telling you, not another job, not three more jobs. It's for you to make the decision and draw the line in the sand. No, my first goes to God every single week, month, whatever. My first. Start there. That's kind of like starting kindergarten. Start there. And then once you start seeing God do for you and your, your barns start getting full, you're going to be able to start helping other people. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. How many of y'all have been helped by somebody? Has anybody in this room been helped by others? Does it feel good? Oh, yeah, I'm thankful for that. But, but I'm telling you, when the table starts turning and now you once was having to get help, but now you're starting to give help, that's the goal of giving to God. That's what God is wanting us to experience. Just like he gave to us, okay? He wants us to give to others. We want to be a mirror image of God. And as we continue to do it with an attitude of gratitude because we love him and he's, he's, he's important to us, then I'm telling you, you're going to see some things in your life change. Many of you who guys, y'all have, y'all zipped up your pocketbooks, you, you threw your wallet in the glove compartment as you walked into church, and you just thought, there ain't nobody getting my money. Well, nobody in here wants your money. <laughs> I'm telling you that. God wants to get something to you. 
And many of you guys know that I don't talk about this every week. You know that, okay? I'm only saying this because I love you. And some of you guys need to just take a step of faith and do it. And then you got some bozos on Facebook or you have bozos on YouTube. Well, you know, that tithing ain't for us today. That tithing ain't for us today. That tithing's been passed away. You ain't got a tithe. I'm yet to find them in the Bible. Are we going to believe God or are we going to believe man? I mean, I, I, that's just what I'm saying. Because Jesus had a prime opportunity right here in Matthew 6, 19. No, not that. I'm sorry. Let's go to. Oh, it's Matthew 23. Yeah, Matthew 23. I'm sorry. He says this, Matthew 23, verse 20. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, which I have no idea what that is, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Do y'all see that right there? Okay? That would have been a perfect time for Jesus to go, Hey, bro, by the way, I've erased tithing out of the new covenant. Just want to give y'all a heads up. We're not doing that no more. But if you really wanted to get technical, go to Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 and see what the new believers were doing. They were selling land, houses, and property and bringing it all to Jesus so they could disperse it and help people. So, okay, we want to go to new covenant. All right. Put your house up for sale. Get your cars going on. We got to help people in the house of the Lord. We got to help them. Guys, you're not going to get away from that. If you want to be successful biblically, okay, you've got to do things biblically. You can't dance around it. I mean, you can. It's up to you. And you can always, hey, man, pray for me, man. Pray for me that I get that raise. Pray for me that I get that money. Oh, I need help. You can do that. You can do that. But to be honest with you, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you giving to the Lord? Because if you're not obeying the word and I'm going to pray for you, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting your time. Because God ain't going to bless somebody that's disobedient. Just like if I decide to live my whole life for myself and reject Jesus as my Lord, and then I die and I go to heaven and go, hey, bro, let me in, dog. It's time for me to come on in here. Yeah. Uh-uh. Sorry. Out of here. I'm not getting into heaven. <laughs> Whose fault's that? It's ours. So I'm just compelling you guys to really, man, grab this thing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God asks for us to do the small things so that he can do the big things in our lives. Obeying God is a choice, not a requirement. It is a choice, not a requirement. So how do we apply what we learned today? How can you apply this? I could probably have some of y'all stand up and just tell me. <laughs> I mean, this ain't rocket science. You don't need a professor to come in here and make this even more, you know, more difficult. Number one, we pray and ask God to help us obey his word. And we need to do that with everything in his word. But number two, we start giving God a tenth of your increase. We start. Don't make excuses. Somebody say, man, I just can't afford to. Okay. Live on that for a while. Keep saying that and see if it gets better. Sooner or later, you're going to have to step out the boat and walk on the water. Because if you think serving God, everything's going to look like it's going to come to pass or everything's going to look like it's going to happen with our physical eye, you're not going to ever serve God. But if you begin to just take one step at a time and say, God, I'm going to trust you. And you can do it with tears. You can do it and feel the weight of it because it is a challenge to do this. I'm not belittling that. It is a challenge. I remember there was many times I got my check, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I got my check. 
I remember one time vividly, I was standing out in front of a, a garage door in a house. I guess I was doing some punch-out work, and I remember getting my check, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this ain't good. By the time I paid all my stuff and gave God his, my weekend party wasn't that good no more. It was, it was going to be a, a weekend that I just didn't do a whole lot. But I had church. That's all that mattered, man. We had church. And I was able to go to church and have a good time. But I had to start just like you have to start. And I'm telling you guys, if you'll do it faithfully, you'll quit being that person that needs everybody to pray for them. And you'll be the person that begins to change others' lives. And I really want the young people to get that. If you make $100, give $10 to God. Don't, don't, don't hesitate, guys. Don't hesitate. You're giving to somebody that's going to give you way more back. He's going to take care of you. He's never going to leave you for or forsake you. He's going to take care of you. Obeying God is the most important thing that we could ever do in this life. Remember that God is not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. The devil wants us to live paycheck to paycheck, but God wants us to live in abundance every day of our lives so that we can help others see the kingdom of God working in our lives. That will attract others to want to know what we're doing to be blessed. I mean, guys, if you're a blessed people, ain't that attractive? I mean, it is. I mean, if you're everywhere you go, man, it's just an abundance in your life, man. That's attractive. But if you're broke as a joke, ain't nothing attractive about being broke. And I've been there. There's nothing attractive about being broke. Matthew 6, 19 in closing. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Like I said, devourer will be rebuked for your sake. So this is God right here. Mm -mm. You ain't coming near this. You ain't going to come near this. Don't you want God standing between you and the devil? Protecting your washing machine and dryer and cars and stuff like that. Standing in, your standing in the way to where you're not getting in my banking account. No, 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 no. You're not going to do this. Uh -uh, you're not getting my child, his stuff. God Almighty said he would rebuke the devourer when he's coming to steal from you. Uh-uh. You ain't going to take that from him. And then he said he's going to open up a window and he's going to pour out more. So you don't have what? Room enough to contain it. How many of y'all have got so much money right now that you don't know what to do with? That you're going to leave here today and you're going to get, you know, get online and look at your banking account and go, wow, that number's way too big. I don't even understand that number. Or are you going to go home and, and do like most of us? Okay, that didn't take long. <laughs> Let's let the world see God through us. We serve a rich God. I guarantee you if Bill Gates was to sit down with everybody in this room, Bill Gates, y'all know who Bill Gates is? Y'all heard the name? Okay. If he was to sit down with us and he was to go, hey, guys, I got, I, I got a deal. Y'all are working for me, and if you'll bring me, okay, 10% of your check each week, I'm going to unlock my banking account to be able to pour back on you where you can't even, you won't even have room enough to contain it. I'm going to give you way more, okay, than you've given me. And then I'm going to make sure nobody comes in and steals it from you. I'm going to back it because you know he's got the money to do it, okay? There is not a person in this room that would not sign up to do that because you physically can see it. You physically can, you know, put your hands on it. But because we can't see God, 
and we can't see his activity, sometimes we just think it's not real. The Bible says that the things which you see with your eyes are not near as real as the things you can't see with your eyes. And God made it that way on purpose because he wanted us to walk by faith and not by sight. And I'm going to tell you something. You in this room, if you feel like this word was for you today, I want you to really think about it. And I want you to really ask yourselves, do you want to see something different in 2020? Do you really want to? I don't care what age you are. It don't matter. If you've got a job, if you've got income coming in, you've got an opportunity to cause that to go over the top and to stand out amongst your class at school, stand out amongst your family. I'm just telling you, God wants you to be attractive. Broke ain't attractive. I promise you it's not. But we start where we are and watch God do the rest. And never complain about where you are, but thank God where you're going. Okay? Be thankful that God's taking you somewhere. Don't stay in the mud. Let us live a life that is totally committed to God. Let not the money have a hold on us. Let us give the money to God so that many will be blessed. Let's build a house that honors God and helps others receive what God has done for them. Next week, man, we got, we got a great opportunity to come in here and do something magnificent for God. I'm excited about it. I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because I want to be a blessing to my great God. Because I know that the house we build, just like the house we have now, hopefully is going to see people get saved, healed, delivered, touched by God. Just like I was a lost soul years ago, drinking, partying, acting crazy. But God looked down from heaven and led people in my life, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I'm here today because of that. I want to be that, that person too. I know you guys do too. We want to build something because God wants to build something. Every time a building is built for God, more of his kingdom is established on this earth. The more houses of worship that are built for God, that means there's more of him is, you know, being represented on the earth. Don't ever believe the lie. Oh, man, we don't need no more churches. No, no, we need a ton more churches. And we're going to see God do that. Let's all bow our head and pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We love you. We worship you today. We thank you, Father. You're such a good, good God. We love you. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your love, Father, that you love us so much that you don't want to leave us in the state where we're at, but you want us to come out. And I pray today that everybody in this room, that we would have 100% of our church giving to God, tithing, giving back to you, Father. And if there's people in this room that are not, I'm asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to touch them right now. Touch them. Let them see that it's you wanting to be with them and help their lives get better. It's not a preacher or a church trying to get money. God, I pray that never be what we do. Never, ever. I want to see your people blessed just like I know you want to see them blessed. So I pray right now that those in this room would make that commitment to give to you in Jesus' name, hallelujah, glory to God. How many of y'all here today, that word was for you today? Maybe that, some of that was spoke to your heart a little bit.